At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We keep it rolling here on the nightcap. It is a Wednesday evening, inching closer to college football season, Sean inching closer to the end of the preseason. I don't know about you today with all of these announcements with Teddy Bridgewater, with Trevor Lawrence, with Jimmy Garoppolo, not saying he was named the starter, but man, he looked like a happy guy up there, uh, not knowing any news, but he uh, he's going to be the starter there in San Francisco. Hearing all of these quarterback announcements, and then we're hearing them throughout the college ranks. BYU announced their starter today. Uh, there've been a handful of others. Uh, it's starting to feel real, Sean. No more. Uh, I mean, I know we do have another week of preseason starting tomorrow night, but it's starting to really feel like meaningful football is here to stay. It is. Hope you're ready. I know I am. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a heck of a ride. Now, I, I want to take people uh, behind the curtain, uh, and I, I don't even uh, recall You've been in quarterback competitions in camp, right? Multiple. How how does that go? You mentioned Drew Locke to Ryan. I thought that was a really great question because you've talked about, you know, your your question marks when it comes to Clemson. I know I'm mixing the NFL with college football, but I think it can be uh, mingled across is the backup quarterback position and how important it is. I mean, hell, look at the 1999 Tampa Bay Bronco, uh, Buccaneers. I think they had a, a pretty decent backup quarterback who came in and won some games. I, I can't remember his name. He was pretty good, though. Um, <laughs> I'm a but, fan. Uh, uh, <laughs> what, is, what is it like for that quarterback who loses out, for Drew Locke, for – uh, I mean, Trey Lance is a little different. He's a rookie. But, you know, for Drew Locke, it's a guy who's always started. So what is – what is tomorrow like for Drew Locke? 
I think it's disappointing. And I think each quarterback competition has different contexts. You know, because a lot of it depends on how did we get to this competition. You know, take New England, for instance. From the time Cam signed with New England, a lot of people, especially nationally, didn't think that was a good fit. So you knew that marriage probably wasn't going to last that long. Then they turn around, they have deficiencies on that roster, and they select a quarterback in the first round. So that, that situation is different than Drew Locke, who's probably feeling like, if I had Von Miller and some of the other pieces that were injured last year, I'd have had more success being somewhere in the offseason working out and getting a phone call and they just signed Teddy Bridgewater or traded for Teddy Bridgewater. So it's a completely different situation. And how it plays out is, you know, a lot of times how professional the two people are. You know, you look at the Chicago Bears situation, Andy Dalton had a failed experiment last year in Dallas after the Dak Prescott injury, yet he got another opportunity to be the starting quarterback in Chicago. Now, he's gone public and has made comments, not necessarily directly at Justin Fields, but that you could presume are saying, I'm better, I should start, I'm going to start. So it really comes down to how the guys handle it. That's why I was interested, you know, to ask Ryan, how was Drew handling it? And if Drew's smart, He'll handle it like Bridgewater handled being in New Orleans, even though he didn't have a competition with Drew, but he used the New Orleans opportunity to learn, to see someone else in that position and how they handled it. And when he got his chance again, he was ready. And based on what Ryan Harris said, there's obviously been some immaturity, especially, I guess, in how Drew has approached some of the things pertaining to playing the position of quarterback. You know, Ryan, I try and listen to what our guests say, and he said, Teddy's done all the right things off the field. So hopefully what Drew's done is he'll take a step back and acknowledge where he's deficient and fill those gaps. And when his time comes, be ready to not only be a talented quarterback, but also one that's ready to lead an organization. So I think this can be really good for both of those guys. It'll be fascinating to watch. So we'll see. Go Broncos, I guess, huh? Yeah, and you know, with that talent and a lot of people criticizing them for not picking Justin Fields and going to get Teddy Bridgewater, I think they can quiet a lot of people. Uh, it's 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 a long play, obviously, and and who knows what Justin Fields will become. But Teddy, two gloves, the starter there in Denver. We'll talk more about that uh, with Doug Farrar, our next guest from the USA Today. Let's keep it rolling. It's the Nightcap here on Veasan. It is an ICAP here on VEASAN. That is a Super Bowl champ. Tenth in the Heisman Trophy in 1998. And he, you know, is uh, winning some baseball bets. Not today, but normally he's bringing home the ching-ching for Mr. King. So uh, he'll bounce back. He's, ar- he's already eyeing up some uh, some plays come Friday for his Tampa Bay Rays when they take on the Orioles, who uh, ended their lengthy losing streak here tonight. But... Sean, let's uh, let's keep the uh, let's keep the NFL conversation rolling uh, with one of the uh, with one of the better uh, knowledgeable gentlemen that covers the league. That is Doug Farrar at NFL underscore Doug Farrar, editor for USA Today Sports. And Doug, so many ways to go. And I want to start in New England because the reports out of today's practice, that joint practice with the Giants, were glowing. 
for Mac Jones. And we've both, I think all of us, we've watched Mac Jones these first two preseason games. We've been impressed. But both Sean and I, very impressed by Cam Newton in the second preseason game for New England. But there's some unhappy folks with the COVID situation there and how it was handled by Cam Newton. You know, come week one against the Miami Dolphins, uh, where are you at on who will be the starter? Give us a, a percentage in your mind. Yeah, it's uh, good evening, gentlemen. It's a weird situation. Uh, I, I don't know how you can go through COVID like Cam did and remain unvaccinated and have all this stuff going on, but that's kind of where it is. Yeah, Mac Jones, my primary issue with Mac Jones coming out of Alabama was, and Sean, you certainly understand this, I think when you have a lack of second reaction ability as a quarterback in today's NFL, it's a real problem, the way defenses are arrayed against you. Um, I think they've set him up well with quick throws and RPO stuff. I still don't know what's going to happen when it's third and nine and he's to throw a 15-yard out against pressure, against good coverage. We're not going to know that until the regular season because he's been schemed open against some pretty rudimentary defenses. Um, I think Cam looked like he looked before he got COVID last year. He's had a year in the offense. Were it me, I would probably go with Newton, but I think, you know, Mac Jones, this is the guy they took 15th overall. This is the guy they decided, hey, you know, this is our future. So I think if, and Belichick has said, this gives Mac the opportunity. I think if, if this camp thing goes longer than the five days and it starts to affect week one prep, um, it helps Kim. There's a buy between the end of the preseason and the start of the regular season. But I think if that starts to affect Cam's prep, I think right now it's 50 50. Uh, Doug Farrar here from USA yeah. Today. Doug, I have an interesting question because so much is made about Cam Newton versus Mac, versus Mac Jones. Mac Jones versus Cam Newton. Let's take the two quarterbacks out of the discussion for a second. Where does this New England Patriot team rank from a talent standpoint? They had a lot of opt-outs last year. They've added some pieces in free agency. Where are they at? Are they an upper echelon NFL team? Are they middle of the pack? Or do they leave a lot to be desired outside of the quarterback position for this 2021 ball club? I think, you know, if, if Gilmore's healthy and Gilmore and J.C. Jackson, they have two top seven or eight cornerbacks in the NFL. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, the secondary's fine. I think the linebacker group's Okay. Uh, getting Matthew Judon, who's already just blown it up this preseason. I think that's going to be a mess. That's going to be one of the smartest Patriots defensive signings of the last 20 years, which is saying a lot. Um, I think the line is is pretty good. Uh, the running back situation, Ramondre Stevenson kind of looks like the second coming of Derrick Henry right now. We'll, <laughs> you know, we'll see how long that goes. But, uh, you know, certainly an, an impressive kid. And it ran a lot of gap at Oklahoma. Runs power, runs split zone, runs inside zone. It's like he was tailor-made for what the Patriots want to do in their run game. Um, I, I think if they had – I think if this team had Tom Brady, they would be a Super Bowl contender. I think they're going to have slightly above that, slightly above league average quarterbacking from either one of the starters. And at that point, I think they maybe sneak in as a wild card because the Bills have this division by the throat, and that's just the way it is. I think they're above average, but I don't think they're, like, massively above average. I don't, you know, are, are they 10-7, and 11-6, and six, something like that? That's about where I'd put them. And that's with everyone staying healthy and no one else opting out and all that stuff. 
Doug, in your opinion, when you look at this division, uh, and and rightfully so with the odds, uh, they are the Bills are a massive favorite uh, in most spots, odds on. Um, who who, in your opinion, is is more prepared? And we'll find out week one, right, with the Dolphins taking on the Patriots. But um, you know, the Dolphins had a great offseason, in my opinion. They go out, they get Jalen Waddle, uh, they get you know edge help, they get another offensive lineman. Uh, and it really boils down to Tua Tungavailoa and how does he play uh, this year. So uh, power rate the AFC middle there. Is it Dolphins 2 or Patriots 2? I think it's probably Patriots 2 with Tua. And he's looked a lot sharper on the intermediate to deep stuff this preseason. I think that was uh, that was a point of focus this offseason. He said that he really didn't understand the offense last year, which is, you know, it's common among rookie quarterbacks. It takes a while to ascertain enough to really be the leader of any offense. We saw, I mean, Josh Allen, it took him three years, and now he's finally there. I would say if if Tua plays like he did last year, I would say Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, Jets. Um, if Tua shows improvement, maybe they leave for the Patriots because, you know, you'd like to see more from the run game, but that's a great defense. I think the, the coaching staff is really on point. Um, what they need is kind of a point guard quarterback. I think Waddle will be astonishing. Uh, He's just such a space creator. It's kind of amazing to watch. Um, So, you know, it's dependent on Tua, but I would say right now, based on what I saw from the regular season last year, I also have to mention, you know, the two tight ends and getting Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. I mean, the Patriots have completely redone the receiver court, which probably has Tom Brady going, oh, now you guys do that. Um, I would say Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, Jets. Doug Farr here from USA Today. I would be remiss if I allowed you to come on our show and not be completely transparent. I had Matt Jones rated as the number one quarterback in this draft. I looked at the Alabama tape and I saw a kid that had great timing, great accuracy, great anticipation, functional mobility in the pocket, you know, kind of that unwavering demeanor. However... I was questioning New England's selection of him because I don't think Cam Newton gets enough for being the level of competitor that he is. And I knew he would raise his game because of this competition. In your opinion, who should the New England Patriots start in week one? Yeah, I agree with everything you said about Mac Jones. It's funny, I was talking to June Jones uh, for my podcast a few weeks ago. He had Mac Jones ranked number one, too. And I asked him about the lack of second reaction ability. And June Jones, who's, you know, <laughs> worked with a lot of run and shoot quarterbacks in his life, said, I don't think it's a problem. Um, he's got enough functional in the pocket mobility. Um, I, I tend to disagree. I think everything else with Mac Jones is on point. I agree with everything you said. In the pocket, in, you know, different offenses, and that, that Alabama offense was schemed up so well. Um, you know, we'll see how that goes. If it were me, I would probably. Well, if I'm Belichick, I'm thinking, all right, Cam is a short-term. He's a bridge guy. He's got a one-year deal. Um, Are the Patriots looking at this as their Super Bowl year? Or are they saying, we're going to develop our quarterback, get one more draft, a few more free agent acquisitions as the cap goes up, and then is 2022 when we really become sort of the Patriots again. In a case like that, I would start Mac Jones sooner than later. Week one, 
I probably wouldn't, but that's just me. I agree. I think they have a really good problem. I think a lot of teams would die to be in this position where you have a former NFL MVP and a first-round draft pick at quarterback who a lot of people think is going to be really good on the same team. Switching gears slightly, kind of out of left field question here, but it popped into my mind, and since we have an NFL expert uh, on our show tonight, <laughs> Tim, I, I want to get his opinion. What's going on with Deshaun Watson? Is there no trade market for Deshaun? If Houston is unable to trade Deshaun Watson, is he the day one starter for the Texans? Are they going to have him inactive? What is going on with that situation? It's kind of lost any juice from a national media standpoint, but he's a top 10, 15 quarterback in this league. So where, did, where, did, where is that situation at? I would say he's top five, um, just on the field. And unfortunately, I have to be an NFL expert and a legal expert, and I'm, I may not be either one. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of tough to say. Uh, we, we, don't know, we don't know criminal. We don't know civil. We don't know when or if he will go on the commissioner's exempt list. And that's, you know, that's up to Rogers. He's proven in the past that no matter where criminal civil is, if he decides I'm going to shut this guy down, he'll do it. And it doesn't really matter what else is going on. I think the trade marker for him is negligible for now because there's, I mean, if even half of this stuff is true, there's no way he plays a season and you don't know how long this is going to go. You don't know if he's going to wind up in prison. I mean, we just, we don't know. There's, there's so much we, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Excuse me. And any trade for Deshaun Watson based on pure talent would involve probably star players and multiple first round draft picks. No, the only GM who would do something that weird is probably Bill O'Brien and he's not the Texans GM anymore. <laughs> and he couldn't take that trade anyway. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard dolphins, I've heard Panthers, I've heard multiple, you know, it, it really doesn't matter until this gets resolved. And um, unless it gets resolved in a way that's somehow favorable for Watson, especially from a criminal standpoint. Now, civil, you can take care of that, especially if you've got money. And I won't opine on the distastefulness of that, uh, except to say that it's rather distasteful given the allegations. Um, but right now, his trade value is zero. There, there's no team that's gonna, it's going to take that risk, give up that much. doesn't matter how good he is if he doesn't play, if he can't play, if the NFL says, you know what, there, there's, there's too much on this. And I don't know why they've delayed it, um, but as the process goes on, and the more you read and the more you look at it, the more it looks like that there's a lot of fire behind the smoke. If I'm a GM and I have a bad quarterback situation, I don't care. I can't. That's a trade that's going to get me fired, and I can't do it. So he stays in Houston. Is he start day one, or is he inactive? How does that situation play out? I, you know, trying to predict the, the Texans front office would give me a big, big headache, Sean. I got to tell you, I, <laughs> I, I would have to put on my, my weird hat and I don't, I don't have it with me right now. Um, I would say that, I mean, they've got Tyrod Taylor, who is a more than serviceable quarterback, went to the pro bowl in 2015. He's and it's, and they've got like four guys on their roster right now who are above average. They may not win a game even with Watson. They're that bad. 
Um, they and the Lions probably have the worst rosters in the NFL right now. So, you know, if if he's not put on the exempt list before week one, and again, the bye could play into that because Goodell has an extra week to sort of weigh his options. Um, I wouldn't make him active, but I'm not the Texans, and I'm kind of grateful for that at this point in time. So, you know, do they do they activate him? Uh, stranger things have happened, and stranger things have happened in Houston. So we'll have to wait and see. Talking once again with Doug Farrar from the USA Today at NFL underscore Doug Farrar. Uh, I know you cover the league. You cover your from a national perspective, but you live there in Seattle. So uh, you may have a little bit, little more perspective on what's going on with the Seahawks. The NFC West is is fascinating. Uh, you look at the odds, and uh, it's it's jumbled up. Uh, you can get a long shot at the Cardinals there with uh, with the talent that they've got on that roster and the moves that they made. Uh, put put your uh, look into your magic eight ball there, Doug. Who wins this division? Because uh, if you told me any one of these four teams won it, I really wouldn't bat an eye. I think I could see it. I'll tell you, there's a lot I'm looking forward to when the regular season begins. There's nothing I'm looking forward to more than Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay's offense because there's so many reasons. It's an absolutely gobsmackingly good fit. Um, I think over the next two or three years, Stafford becomes an MVP candidate, like repeatedly, like that's the level he's going to play at from now on. Um, the Sony Michelle trade I thought was really natural for them. Michelle ran more gap than zone in new England, but he's a better zone runner than he is gap. And only the Titans ran more zone than the Rams did last year. So I don't see that changing. My only real question about the Rams is, and I have all the respect and rule for Raheem Morris, but the job Brandon Staley did with cover four and cover six and all those different looks, how different is it going to be? Raheem started out, I mean, you guys know this, as sort of a the, the dungy acolyte running a lot of Tampa 2 and stuff. And then he became more of an aggressive man guy. It'll be interesting to see how much of Staley's concepts Raheem keeps, how much of his own stuff he brings in. Maybe they're more aggressive. They have... Maybe the two best defensive players in the NFL and Donald and Ramsey, certainly up there. So I think the Rams win that division. Seattle, I have no question about the offense. I think Shane Waldron will be fine. I think it'll be West Coast slash no huddle, which is perfect for Russell. That defense, though, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, they've made a lot of mistakes in the last few years, and this is a Pete Carroll team with a bad defense, and that's not something you often see. Um I would say the 49ers, just because of their injury luck, was so bad last year, and we're talking about rookie quarterbacks, I would start Trey Lance day one because we know what Garoppolo is, and he's going to keep hitting his own ceiling. But I think the Niners come in third. Maybe they leapfrog the Seahawks and go to second. Arizona, Chandler Jones wants out. They have no cornerback. Doug, we got to run. Oh, yep, go ahead. No, I said we got to run. Who's your pick, the Rams or the Seahawks? Oh, uh, the Rams will win the division. Nice. There it is. Doug Farrar, great stuff, as always, from the USA Today. Sean King on the other side. Tim Murray with you. It is the nightcap here on Visa. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep it rolling here on a Wednesday night. It is the nightcap on VEASAN. Make sure to download the iHeartRadio app. You can listen to all of VEASAN's show for absolutely free. Also download the VEASAN app, all of our audio. Once again, free. Free is a good price, Sean. I like free. Free free things are, uh, are, are a great way to go in life. In the South, we have a say, saying, if it's free, give me three. <laughs> <laughs> You know, for I spent uh, I spent about five years of my life in minor league baseball. I would I, I strategically would you know make sure you get the free breakfast, the continental breakfast. Yeah. Maybe you have something for lunch. 
You get the free food at the ballpark from the media. And then here was the key. You had to get down to the clubhouse in time to get the leftover meal that the guys ate. That they're boom. Little box lunch got- with the sandwiches and the chips. <laughs> Absolutely. Got it. Look, I wasn't swimming in any cash in the in the minor leagues, so uh, that was the way. If it's if it's free, it's me. And you know what? I like the if it's free, I'll take three too. I'll, I'll, I'm with. It. I'll say this: having covered college, uh, big time college football and the NFL uh, on the media side, they do a good job with the cooking. I'm not gonna. They they do a really good job. I mean, the meals that you get from week to week are like pretty high end. I mean, pretty high end. You know, you, the media has a, a a part in every stadium. You know, where only the media have access to. And I mean, you'll have steak and you know, collard greens if you're in a certain city. You go somewhere else. I mean, have jambalaya. You know, fried chicken, baked chicken, spaghetti. You know, lasagna. It's just I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. It really is. Well, you got to make sure, especially if, uh, you know, you're at a stadium and uh, maybe that team isn't performing up to the level of, uh, of their standards. You, you, you get good. well fed. You'll, you'll speak highly of that team. You're like, yeah. ooh, they, they filled me up. I'm going to talk highly about, uh, <laughs> about Florida, Florida International here tonight. Dude, buttering you up, brother. Well, uh, speaking of uh, some uh, schools from the state of Florida, we're going to talk CUSA a little bit later on. I think there's a team that both you and I, Sean, have got uh, got our eye on, and you've got a connection to that team. So we'll talk about the CUSA as we continue to preview every conference in college football. Tomorrow will be the big boy, SEC. We'll dive into the SEC tomorrow. But uh, a couple things I want to hit. It just means more. Yeah. It does. And uh, eventually they're going to have Oklahoma and Texas. You know, it's funny. I, I do a uh, I do a radio hit in uh, in Des Moines, Iowa, every uh, every week. And great people, uh, super nice host. And I was just trying to kind of beat around the bush because he was asking about, you know, what does the Big 12 do next? And I basically tried to say, I'm like, what do those eight teams have to offer any conference? You know, it's. They're not really draws for football. Iowa State's good, but is it going to bring eyeballs, Sean? Yeah, nowhere. You nowhere. know, it's not like... a big media market, and everything's about the media money now. Everything's yep. about the media money. That's what's driving expansion. That's what's driving infrastructure growth. You know, that's what's driving, you know, everything that the kids and the fans love about the college football experience. And, you know, I think Oklahoma and Texas are smart. They got ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. They got ahead of the curve. They really did. And they're about to get, I mean, that media money. You mentioned money. I mean, the ESPN money that's going to come in. And uh, I don't want to see the Big 12 go away. I don't know what the the ultimate answer is going to be. This alliance is being formed. And I I don't know. I think that's kind of a big to-do about not much. But uh, we will see. But, uh, yeah, the Big 12 will be fascinating this year with that extra motivation from Iowa State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, et cetera, uh, of of those teams leaving TCU uh, specifically, I, I want to hit on one baseball score real quickly. Uh, just gone final. This will make you happy because you hold a grudge like none other. The Milwaukee Brewers, Sean, have beaten the Cincinnati Reds tonight, and Brandon Brandon Woodruff saying, "Hey, uh, hey, how about that Cy Young thing? Yeah, I, I'd like to be in that discussion. Six innings, four hits, no runs, ten strikeouts for Mister Woodruff." lowering his ERA to 2.38. So the Brewers, uh, they're really trying to 
uh, put a stranglehold, Sean. This, you know, coming into this series, I think they were seven and a half games up. They've now taken the first two against the Reds. They go for the sweep tomorrow. So they're now nine and a half games clear in the NL Central. Hey, let's go Brewers. You know, anybody that beats the Reds, I'm a favorite and fan of. <laughs> Angels, you have joined them. You're on the list. You're on Sean's list. First thing Angels. I'll look at when I look at the baseball schedule every day now is can I fade the Reds and can I fade the Angels? <laughs> but he doesn't, he doesn't hold any grudges. No, no, no grudges from, uh, from Sean King. All right, on the other side, we'll talk a little bit more about the Patriots and the Rams. An acquisition today. Who won this trade? It is the nightcap here on v at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough. 
that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now is the perfect time to start planning your football contest strategy, and the VEASAN Pro Football Guide is the perfect way to start. Our VEASAN experts have won major football contests around Las Vegas. Our guide will give insight on against the spread contests as well as survivor pools to give you a winning edge. Download the VEASAN NFL Guide today for only $19.99 or Get VEASAN all access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Head on over to VEASAN.com backslash subscribe. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. We'll continue our previews of college football conferences with the CUSA. Uh, a, a conference, remind me, um, who won the CUSA in 1998, Sean? Uh, Do you it, know? It would be Tulane, if I'm not mistaken. And... Uh... Aaron, our producer, double check. In fact, check me on this. I think Tulane beat Cincinnati at Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio, in the first ever Conference USA ball game. Ooh, look that up. I like it. Yep, a little, a little history there. Yeah. See. Yeah. Yes. I'm not as, uh, as, as we got, I think that's correct. It, it seems possible was uh, was the way. So we will uh, we will break down the CUSA with a former CUSA champ in Sean King coming up in less than ten minutes. Uh, a handful of pretty quality programs in that uh, in that conference. We'll uh, we'll break that all down for you here in ten minutes. Uh, also, by the way, uh, download or, or get yourself the uh, the Veasan College Football betting guide, Mr. Humans, Matt Humans, uh, he previewed the CUSA in our uh, in our annual uh, preview magazine there. Um, Sean, a, a trade today in the NFL, not a blockbuster by any stretch of the imagination, but an, an interesting one, and, and Doug Farrar hit on it a little bit. Uh, Sony Michelle getting traded to the Los Angeles Rams in exchange for some late round picks. Um, you know, for the Rams... Obviously, they're dealing without Cam Akers, uh, which was a big blow for them. You know, he was expected to uh, to have a monster year. Really impressive last year coming out of Florida State. Um, so now you get Sony Michelle, pair him up with uh, with Daryl Henderson, who uh, I'm sure you got to uh, witness up close and personal in his time in Memphis. Mm-hmm. But what what do you think this means for the Rams moving forward? Because this is a team that that I really like on the surface, Sean. I think a lot of people do. Uh, Doug even mentioned he thinks they'll win the division. I'd lean that way. Uh, I go back and forth with them and the 49ers. But the depth always worries me about the Rams, and this helps their depth, right? It, it was not Cam Akers, but still a solid running back that they get to bring in, and uh, I think a guy that probably fits Sean McVay's see, uh, scheme pretty well. You know, I don't think it only helps their depth. I think it enhances their team because you're getting experience and talent. So this isn't like putting a large bet out there. You're playing crap, saying it's on the come. You don't even know what your point is. 
like you know this is a nine. Like this is a five or a nine. It's not a six or eight. You know, six or eight, a lot of combinations to get to it. Those craps players, that's the number you really want to roll on the come. But if you roll five or nine, you feel good. And I, I, I can hit that point. And that's what Sonny Michael is. Two seasons out of three, he's rushed for 900 yards. He's had, he had 13 touchdowns in those two seasons. Now last year, you know, with the COVID and everything going on, I'm not going to even count that, but you're getting a guy that has played in this league that understands how to be on a winning football team because he's coming from New England, and that's what they need right now. I mean, that's what they need. With Cam Akers out, you're going to lose some of that explosion and dynamic ability, but you didn't want Daryl Henderson to have to be in a situation where he's got to be your Derrick Henry. You'd much rather be able to, if you're going to run the ball 40, to 40 times in a game, 20 of them go to Sonny, 20 of them go to Daryl. That's the scenario that would work the best. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, we, we talk to and we often talk to our good friend Brad Evans at Bally Sports, and, and he's very heavy on season player props. And, and once the season gets going, over-unders on games. And I think, you know, most spots it's probably down and they're figuring out what it should ultimately be. But, yeah, I, I don't know if Daryl Henderson is uh, he's a talented guy, you know, third-round pick just a couple years ago. Um, but I, I think ideally for what Sean McVay wants to do with Kevin O'Connell in there as his offensive coordinator as well, um, he, he wants to he wants to rotate those backs. I you know I don't I don't think Sean McVay ever really wants a a Daryl a, a a Derrick Henry type. Now I'm not saying he would turn away Derrick Henry, but I think what fits for him and Kyle Shanahan, you look at the Shanahan's Sean Mm -hmm. and you know, it started with Mike in Denver and then Kyle and, and now Sean, they're all from the same cloth. They're just kind of a revolving door at running back. They, they like talented dudes, but they'll just, they'll throw them out there. They, they want to be comfortable with a handful of running backs. So, you know, when it comes to player props or fantasy football, um, I would probably steer clear of Daryl Henderson as a as a RB one or anything like that because I I just don't know he's not going to get the touches as as much as maybe most would have anticipated with the Cam Akers news. And what's interesting is you look at the last seven games of the Rams schedule, and you know I'm not a huge schedule guy because I say from year to year you just don't really know, but just based right. on what we think going into this year. Six of those seven teams are in the playoff hunt. With the game versus Jacksonville being the only game that's not. They have Green Bay, Arizona, Seattle, Minnesota, Baltimore, San Francisco. So you're going to need healthy running backs when you get to that portion of your schedule. And so Sonny Michael allows you to keep Daryl Henderson more healthy because you reduce his workload. But you don't just reduce his workload with a body you're doing it with a guy that's already rushed for 900-plus yards in two of his three seasons in this league. So I think that's why this is an important trade because they're going to need all their guns for that last seven-game stretch. Well, I think this is big, too, for Matthew Stafford. We've talked about him and in in, in, the, in a longer-shot MVP. He's like 16, 18-1, to 1, somewhere in that ballpark. And he's got weapons to throw to with Cooper Cup and – and uh, Robert Woods and, and, and Van Jefferson and, and guys like that. Tyler Higby, I know, has emerged as a tight end there. But now there is some pressure taken off of him a little bit because initially I was thinking it's just a one running back situation with Daryl Henderson. I know Aaron Oster, our producer, thought Jake Funk was going to come in there out of Maryland and you know <laughs> light the world on fire, uh, maybe. 
Uh, but this is, uh, I, I, yeah, I guess the Jake Funk stock is not a, not as high today with uh, with, with Sony Michelle coming in. But no, right I, just, I, I think Nucci. overall. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You were all about the nooch. And now, yep. now we're, we're, we're. He's right over there with those the old nooch. tires on fire, burning, smoking the air. I, I mean. I think it's uh, now. I think it's a, it's a good move by the Rams. Get some compensation for the Patriots, but uh, good move. Got to bring another running back, a talented one, in there. How about we talk to CUSA with the gentleman who won that conference over 20 years ago? It is the nightcap here on Visa. Indeed's instant match searches through millions of resumes in Indeed's database to deliver candidates who fit your job description instantly. Find out more at over to Indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Tim Murray and former 1998 CUSA champion. Just one of the many rings that I'm sure Sean King owns. 12-0. and 0. Tulane Green Wave rolling through this conference. So you, Sean, more than anyone, have got to know this conference inside and out. Yep, I know it like a new pair of shoes. <laughs> Read into that uh, what you may. The funny thing is, yeah. is the Conference USA that I played in is now really the American Athletic Conference. Exactly. Because it was Cincinnati, Memphis, Tulane, Louisville, you know, these type of schools. So a lot of the schools that are in the current Conference USA, they play really good football, but they don't get a lot of national media attention. So you really have to mine to find out tidbits about a lot of these programs. But they do have a couple that are returning a lot of really good players that we're going to get into that I think have some opportunities because of great scheduling to create some massive upsets in the game of college football this year. Well, we got the odds up right now for those of you, uh, you listening, or excuse me, watching on vcin.com. I'll go through them quickly. And you've got tri-favorites, Marshall, UAB, and UT San Antonio, all at 3-1 to one at BetMGM. And then, to me, the two dark horses, the two most intriguing teams in the conference, longer shots, are Western Kentucky and Florida Atlantic. And Sean, usually you start with the favorite, but I want to start with the team that's 11 to 1, and that's Florida Atlantic, because I know, you know, you've got ties uh, to this team because you were on Willie Taggart's staff when he was the head coach at South Florida. Mm-hmm. He is the head coach at Florida Atlantic, year number two down there at FAU. Uh, they bring back 20 starters, do the Owls. From a team that went five and four last year, and remember, had no spring practice with Willie Taggart. So now spring practice you got going on. Um, they brought in a couple of transfers. Uh, Nikosi Perry from Miami at quarterback. They also brought in Michael Johnson Jr. and his father to be the offensive coordinator. They brought in Johnny Ford from USF uh, to add depth to their running back uh, uh, room. And uh, they brought in a monster tight end from the Division II ranks in Zaire Mitchell. 
And, you know, this is a, a team, Sean, that was very strong defensively last year. Uh, their, their D.C., Jim Levitt, left for SMU, but they, they bring in Mike Stoops, former you know Oklahoma uh, coach. Um, they open the year at Florida. They've got some trickiness on that schedule at UAB, who's one of the favorites, uh, October 9th at Western Kentucky, home to Marshall. I think this FAU team's got a lot of talent. Um, you know, Willie Taggart, I, th- I was impressed by what he was able to do last year in that COVID year, uh, going five and three in the regular season before losing their bowl game. I think 11 to one at that price is worth a flyer for Florida Atlantic to come out of the East division because there's no one, in my opinion, that is clear cut in the East. The East, for those who don't know, it's Marshall, Western Kentucky, and Florida Atlantic, Middle Tennessee, FIU, Charlotte, Old Dominion. I think there's a lot of winnable games in there, and they don't get UTSA uh, in a crossover game. So I think Willie Taggart's squad has got a real chance at 11-1 to to win this conference. Here's what will be interesting. A lot of, lot, of, lot of experience returning. They're outstanding on defense last year, but Jim Levitt's at SMU now, so it's a new system. Mm-hmm. Does the personnel mesh with the new scheme? Offensively, outstanding running the football. I coached Johnny Ford at South Florida. As good of a player from a short area quickness standpoint as I've ever coached. Malcolm Davidson, the kid I recruited, ultimately ended up going to FAU because we didn't have room at the end. Outstanding running back. But none of that will matter, Tim, if they can't get the quarterback position fixed. Last year, that position completed less than 55% of their passes. I think they came in somewhere around 53 point something percent. I mean, the yards per uh, completion was way down. Turnovers up. Touchdown passes down. They got to get that fixed. You know, you brought in Nikosi Perry, talented kid from Ocala, very highly rated coming out of high school. Maybe a change of scenery, change of scenery is what he needed because he didn't get the job done at University of Miami for whatever reason. And this was a University of Miami before Derek King was on campus when they were dying for someone to take the reins of the quarterback position. So if he's as good as people thought coming out of high school, then Willie Tigerner may have the steal of the entire transfer season. If he's not, have the guys that they have there gotten better so that they can play at an elite level? Because as you mentioned, this conference has some really, really good football teams. Marshall, outstanding at quarterback. UTSA, reigning Conference USA Player of the Year and Sincere McCormick. Western Kentucky, people think they are ready to just burst onto the oh, scene. Yeah. Like So this conference has really, really good talent. UAB. People, if you go back now, remember the first game, I think it was last year, the guys at the University of Miami didn't look like they were more talented than the guys they were playing against at the University of Alabama-Birmingham. Now, eventually, Alabama-Birmingham wore down, and Miami was able to win that game, but the talent at these programs, specifically and especially because of the new transfer, transfer rules, is really high. And so I think it's going to come down to what quarterback in this conference plays the most consistent and at the highest level because a lot of these teams are very, very equal in a lot of the other areas. Well, you mentioned quarterback, and I think what Western Kentucky did was it could be a stroke of genius or it could be a disaster. We'll find out. But they went to the FCS ranks, Sean, 
and just said, oh, you've got a really cool system going on here. We'll take all of it. Houston they Baptist. Took the offense, they took the offensive coordinator from Houston Baptist, <laughs> the quarterback from Houston Baptist, and the two best receivers from Houston Baptist. By the way, Bailey Zappi is the quarterback to keep an, an ear out for. He has already thrown in his career for over 10,000 yards. Wow. And last year, Sean, against the likes of North Texas, Texas Tech, Louisiana Tech, and uh, there was an FCS opponent in there. Uh, I forget who, maybe uh, Missouri State, I can't remember. He averaged 458 yards per game, 15 touchdowns in one pick. A lot of questions about the uh, the defense, but the defense at Western Kentucky was actually pretty good, good enough that their D coordinator, Clayton White, left to go to South Carolina, so they promoted within, and they got uh, Maurice Crum, uh, former Notre Dame linebacker, by the way. Um, Western Kentucky's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Eight to one, I, I like Florida Atlantic a little bit more just for the value, but Western Kentucky, if you just want to watch a, an entertaining brand of football, they're going to score a boatload of points. I'm excited to see it. I just want to see if it works. You know, the first that I ever heard of something that was kind of similar to this was, I think it was Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State who was going and getting offensive coordinators from FCS-level schools. Well, even before Princeton, the uh, guy, Yurkovich or something that he hired, I think was from like a little small FCS school, and they lit it up. But they didn't bring the quarterback and the janitor and the dean with them. <laughs> I mean, it just was the coach. So, I mean, hey, maybe Western's on to something. You know, you have to be talented. I don't care what the competition looks like to throw for that many yards. And when you say that those opponents were North Texas, Texas Tech, you know, uh, those kind of schools, I mean, it, it gets you excited if you're a Hilltopper. So I guess they're going to be fired up in Bowling Green, Kentucky this year. What's ironic is that's where Willie Taggart got his start, playing for Jim Harbaugh's yeah. dad, and that was his first, first coaching job. So I think FAU, if I'm not mistaken, is at – Western Kentucky early in this season. So uh, be some yeah, fireworks November there. 20th. Yeah, be some fireworks yeah, November there. 20th. Uh, I want to hit on a couple of the teams that are our favorites. I'll be honest. I'm not a big Marshall believer. Ch- Kate, coaching uh, change, a couple big names leaving. So I think three to one is a little too rich for my blood. But UTSA, man, uh, they bring back, Sean, 21 starters. You mentioned S- Sincere McCormick. 1,467 yards, 11 touchdowns. They also had the first team all-CUSA quarterback in Frank Harris, threw for 1,600 yards last year, rushed for 500 yards. Uh, I'll say this right now, because you and I are expecting an impressive performance this weekend from Illinois. You think they went outright. I think they cover. The week after that, the Roadrunners come to Champaign I can almost promise you that I'll be taking the points with UTSA against Illinois. I think this is a damn good football team, and I think they've got it kind of rolling down there in San Antonio. Yeah, man, I'm excited. You know, Matt Maddox was an offensive line coach at University of South Florida with myself under Charlie Strong, so I've got some guys that I'm familiar with on that team. They're excited. I mean, they think they have the team, you know, to go out and get it done, to win a conference championship, to compete uh, against the big schools. Uh it could be a trap game for Illinois, you know, and you look at this conference, that's what I'm excited to see. I think UAB gets uh, 
is it Clemson who, who the UAB plays like in week two, if I'm not mistaken? Georgia. Georgia. You know, after Georgia plays Clemson. So again, Clemson. They, the, the, some of these scheduling little nuances put these teams who are experienced, they have older, productive players coming back, they have good quarterbacks. They put them in situations where I mean, wouldn't be surprised if Conference USA has multiple upsets over ranked teams this year. Dwayne McBride, 9.3 yards per carry at UAB, a guy to watch as well. Uh, UAB is pretty good. October 2nd, they open their new stadium, Sean, down there in Birmingham, and they bring in the Liberty Flames. That'll be a fun one to watch. More college football talk coming up top of the hour. Kenny White will join us. It's the Nightcap here on VEASAN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 